Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And I did absolutely just pull a pump fake on Laura. She was looking down at her phone. And so I just decided I was going to go, what's up, everyone? Welcome in. And she looked up so fast that I absolutely had not hit record yet. So I'm already on my bullshit for this episode and we're 20 seconds in. So welcome in, everybody. (laughs) And if you're wondering, is it going to be another one of those? Yeah. No, for sure it will. Laura, Do you want to tell them what Steven said about oh. episode? <laughs> yeah, no, I would love to. So every now and again, we have the pleasure of getting reviews from our closest and dearest friends who still, for some reason, even though they talk to us on a regular basis, uh, listen to our voices on their radios. He um, <laughs> said the first 15 minutes of that last episode. Hold on, now I gotta like get the direct quote because I feel like I'm not doing it justice. I actually also don't think it was maybe as dramatic as I said it because like I breaking news dramatic. What? I I know. Um he did refer to it as unhinged. Oh, you know what? Actually, though, I think I wasn't as dra- as dramatic as I thought. The first 15 minutes of the last episode of subjectively speaking is absolutely unhinged. And I said, Welcome to the shit show. And he said, It was a glorious 15 minutes, though, I must say. So <laughs> Thank you. And that is friend friend and semi-regular guest, Stephen Trek. I wonder when we play Nashville for the first time. I haven't paid attention to that. Um, what's the over-under on how long for it takes to, for us to like start talking about the Blue Jackets? Like, are we setting it at like, let's set it at like 11 and a half. Are you taking the over or the under on minutes? The over. Yeah, good, good bet. Safe bet. That is the odds on favorite. <laughs> Odds on favor for sure. But Laura, let's try to be a little less unhinged. And by that I mean unhinge it, girl. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, in case you can't tell, I am still sick, but I am different sick, as I tried to explain to you. Come on, different sick. Earlier. So the cough that I had last week is now changed into a different kind of cough, which is a fun time. So I sound kind of wheezy and that's fun for me. We um, have always been champions of diversity on this show. Why would we stop with your cough? Why would we stop with my ever-changing sickness? Um, so that's good, been fun. Good band name. Good my, ever, band name. my ever-changing sickness or just yep. ever-changing sickness? So I was thinking ever-changing sickness, but then you said my in front of it, like my chemical romance, and now I'm obsessed with that even more. If I was 10 years younger... You and Eli need to start that band. I saw that you and Eli were like having a back and forth about all of your different like emo merch. <laughs> yes, Eli and I were having an emo off last night uh, while you were tweeting about the game. It's I was so tweeting funny. from <laughs> the same account, only just Eli and I. So I um, about all things elder emo, although he's much younger than I am. So he's not is really. That, is that also a good band name? Elder Emo? Yeah. I'm sure there is a band out there called Elder Emo because it's We been... shouldn't listen. No. No, we shouldn't listen. No. Um, but no, I could, you know, uh, 
rant on for days about my alternative music lifestyle from a while ago and still kind of actually all the time, but I hide it better now. Um, I love it. So yeah, because so that was happening at the very same time on the very same account that Jeremy was tweeting about the game. I was conversing with Eli. Which um, also, to be fair, you were getting more play than I was because CBJ Twitter last night, y'all were fucking dead. We'll address later, but y'all were fucking dead. <laughs> and this is, okay, so this is, I guess I should say on Tuesday night, y'all were fucking dead. Because, goodness, but we'll get to that. But yeah, so that happened. And then for the last three days, um, I'll <laughs> preface this with all of my college friends are going to be in town, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And all 10 of us are going to be together for the first time in like six years. I love that. And it's only for a day. And so we're trying to do all of these things as a group in one day. And one of those things is that seven of the 10 of us are getting a tattoo. Oh, damn. Wait, pause. And so it has been a lot of back and forth about what the specific design is and where everyone's going to put it. Ass so, cheek, ass cheek, ass cheek. No. What is it? Do you feel comfortable sharing? Oh, yeah, I can share it. Um, I don't know how well it will come through on the screen but you know and also let's be real how many people are going to see the screen (laughs) that's true just you so one of the things that we have always done as a group because we literally all met on the very first day of college and we lived together all four years of college in some way shape or form and we have been friends for i'm not going to tell you how long because i just figured out how long it was and it's a god-awful long time And so, but one of the things that we kind of always do is we have these things called heart to hearts where everyone just sort of like emotionally dumps all of their shit on everyone. So we wanted to get something to represent that. And the reason why not all 10 of us are getting it is because one of the, one of us is like a porcelain doll and she'll never put anything on her skin. And she's also afraid of needles. The other one hadn't heard about it and is still making a decision so she may get it i'm gonna say it's eight out of ten i think that she's gonna be given i think i can peer pressure her into it she might regret Um, it but i think she's gonna give it (laughs) and then the third one is pregnant so she can't get it right now so she she will get it eventually damn but so this is the version i'm getting oh so you guys are getting like different versions oh potentially that's so good it's like two hearts, but like the way that they intersect it is a two in the middle of it. So it like yes. flows in. That's like really, and it's simple, but it's like good. Yes. So, um, and there's a couple, like this is the other version that people like. I'm not here to like tell you which one I prefer because I don't want to like give anybody a complex. Well, the one I circled is the one I'm getting. Yeah, I like that one better. yeah Yeah. i I, that's the one i would get i should say i don't want to say like like it better or whatever um so yes there's potential that there's going to be a couple different versions but all the same theme um and some of my friends that are getting this haven't gotten tattoos a lot so like it's just a whole lot of like 
me as the one who has the most tattoos being like, this isn't how this works. <laughs> like <laughs> we have to like, we can't just show up and be like, no, my one friend has been discussing with the, the tattoo place that we're going to and all this sort of stuff. But like, even with her, some of the things I'm like, you can't say that to them because they're not gonna like, this isn't how these places work. Like you have to be more specific so that it doesn't take us all bloody day to get tattoos. Cause they're not very big either. They're like gonna, no, you know, it's like quarter inch and a half type situations. And so I've just been like, and today they were talking about placement and I just was like, some of you do not get it on your foot because you won't be able to withstand it. No, that's fair. Where do you think you're, where are you doing it? I am either doing it on my wrist, my I, left I wrist. Gonna, I was going to guess your left wrist because I know that that one's bare right now. Well, it's not bare. It has. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Cause the, your, but your my right are wrist. on the other. Yeah. This is my sleeve for people. Uh. My sleeve is my right hand. The way that your sleeve goes farther to your wrist than I thought it did. Oh yeah, it goes like almost all the way. Wow! I hi, I've seen you before. <laughs> you were also there when I got. There. No, I know. I don't know why. I didn't realize that it went that far down. Um, I actually like really love when I look at the whole thing. Like, well, I also was gonna say I don't think I ever like see you in a situation where you're like raising your hand very often. It looks really good. <laughs> Although you can't see my shoulder piece with this t-shirt on, but anyway. Um, <laughs> She's naked on the podcast. <laughs> things that would never happen. Oh, yeah. I'm barely know. naked when I'm alone. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not wearing pants, so. Well, there's that. I'm um, wearing underwear. I'm not a heathen, but. Thank you. So, yes, so either on my left wrist where I have a couple of other smaller tattoos. But my concern there is because there's only a couple different locations on there that I could do it. And I don't know that I love both of them mm. because I'm getting the one tattoo fixed uh, and extended. So you so give like, yourself some grace there. Yes. Yeah. So if I don't do it there, then I might do it like up under the crease of my elbow on the same arm, but that may where, throw off other things. Like where my cannon is, right? Yes. Oddly or, enough, hurt like a bitch. I don't know why. That one actually really hurt. Like when you got to the top. Well, remember, I already have my other four. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, or I'm gonna get it on the right, like collarbone, front shoulder situation, because I already have a tattoo on my left collarbone. Um, but at first, I thought that this was gonna be where I get my tattoo that I'm getting in February, which is much larger. Mm. But now I think I've picked a different place for them. Love that. You don't even know what it is. I don't. But I love it. I love that you're doing that. I know. February 8th with our girl. I can't wait. I feel like maybe you did tell me. Unless I didn't you tell you what I was getting. I okay. We'll figure it out. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> And then I'm just, you know, like working and trying to understand why college students are so dumb sometimes. Um, 
And yeah, and my mom came home from vacation and the first thing that she said to me was, oh, hey, your step-grandma's probably going to die soon, so. Sure, sure, sure. Yep, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Fuck, okay. Um, well, we are actually already over the over. Um, <laughs> so. Oh no, what's, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were doing over under on how long I was going to take. <laughs> Well, I mean, you would have you gotten it right either way. Um, <laughs> but, but no. Um, well, I'm sorry about your step. I mean, I already knew that, but like, I am sorry still to. Well, there was like way. a recovery period from the last time I told you that she said this to me. But now we're like serious uh, hospice situation. Fuck. Damn. Okay. Shit. All right. Yeah. That's usually. Um, that's that's pretty pretty real. Um, wow. I'm and also, really apologies for anyone who thinks I'm being like weird and cold about this, but like you gotta understand my family to understand why. I think they get it. I think if they've been here for a minute, for whatever reason, even if they don't have a reason to get it, I think they get it. I like that about our listeners. I so do too. I really do. Um, what a weird group of people that love listening to two really weird people who are much weirder. Um. <laughs> But no, to go back to your question, I am a three out of 10, probably like that's probably where I'm sitting. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that's even like the like, you know how they say the camera. Adds 10. I was going to say, well, you know how they say the camera adds 10 pounds. Maybe it like also adds a one on the on the one to 10 scale. But also podcast, of- podcast add one to your <laughs> to my wellness, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, yeah, it does, to be fair. But uh, no, speaking of a. Uh, adding weight <laughs> i learned something at the doctor this week um i'm fat huh news to me i hadn't heard that before um so that's been fun not not really even like for the f- sake of like i'm not feeling like traumatized by a doctor calling me fat like if i felt traumatized by that every time it happened i would oh <laughs> like, i would be in in a bad way for a really long time i was gonna um, say as someone who's had it said to them probably half a billion times um no it's just you'll just you'll just press it all down oh for sure i was telling somebody the other day i was like i really wish that there were more fat people in medicine and then i went "Ah." and like it's they wouldn't because they're traumatized like we're trauma like who would be like who would go to a doctor when they were like eight get called husky chubby portly whatever the fuck um where all those came out of somewhere for sure i don't know where but they came out of somewhere um None of them are going to be like, I'm going to be a doctor when I'm older. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's why. I like It never resonated or clicked with me. But then I thought about it a little bit this week. And I went, hmm, this is why none of my people are here to help. Because I just want to go to a fat doctor. <laughs> like, I just want to go to a fat doctor so bad. And they don't. They're not. They don't exist. If you're a fat doctor, I will come, I will come to Ohio for you. I haven't watched... I think he's still on it, but there's a fat doctor on Grey's Anatomy. I love that, like, that's what we're willing to suspend fiction for. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's what we're like. And also, like, what does fat mean? Like, I'm talking like. A a person, a large, a person of size. Who is it? Who are you referring to? He's like a new intern. Newer intern. He was new when they were doing the season about COVID. God, okay, yeah, I did not watch. But I thought you were about to come up here with some fuck shit, like, any of the women that had, like, some husk to them, like, some curves. Like, I was like, listen, these people, when I say a fat doctor, 
Um, I, as a person of size, who her size you, has been we the are. topic of conversation for everyone my whole life, I would never refer to one of those women as even like curvy. And you know full damn well though that people were probably calling Bailey fat and this that, and the other thing. Like you know, like that's just yes, because people are monsters. No, correct. Um, I'm talking like I like like big. Like I'm, I'm like trying talking. to give. Like a proper... We don't have to get too deep into that, but I... <laughs> it's just been a journey. So that's been fun. Doctors, yay. My car decided it wanted to almost blow up. Oddly yeah. enough, when I was on my way to therapy, so I didn't have therapy. Without oh. your phone. And my therapist has a has a doctor's appointment tomorrow. And so I can't... I can't even go to therapy tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's Thursday. You don't normally go on Thursdays. No, I do. I do. I go every week now. One one week is Thursdays. One week is Fridays. My every other one was always on Fridays, but the other weeks they rotate, which is really fucked up for a guy with ADHD because I can never remember which day of the week my therapy is on. Um, thankfully, I put it on my calendar so I can kind of remember. But yeah, no. So cars fixed though. Yeah, to your point, I didn't have my cell phone when my car decided to blow up. So like I I did I did drive a blowing up car back to my house so that way I could. And first dumb thing I did, pulled it into the garage. Like I put it in my garage instead of like so it could explode yeah, in it was your stupid. home. That was so dumb. Oh Cuz Jeremy's garage is literally underneath his apartment. Like with so much kindling right now because it has all the stuff from my childhood and all that kind of stuff. Like it would it would be up in seconds in seconds i told i told allison i was like i you're like we're gonna get home and our apartment's gonna be burned down and your cats are just gonna be sitting outside like what did that jive motherfucker do (laughs) i like that you think her cats would have gotten out i she she could not have heard an alternative so i i intentionally worked that into the story um i got stuck at a bar haven't told you this yet got stuck at a bar you would have actually loved this story i feel like and i feel like you would have met your people here so friday night mm-hmm. the, the day that my car blows up um we go to fair state to watch a hockey game and <laughs> we're like having a good time we like go to a bar we get an uber right we get an uber to the bar um as he's driving us off he goes i am the only uber in this city and i'm done at midnight i said oh it's 10 30 like we're like uh oh, and so we're like, okay, we've got to do some like initial game planning and brainstorming before we make a decision about when to leave. So we call a taxi service. Hey, um, we're interested in maybe potentially like getting a ride. Like, how how do you like go twenty four hours? Um, yes, make sure you call before one because if you call after one, I might not be able to get to you until like two two thirty, like all that kind of stuff because we book out. So like, make sure you call before one. Okay, can do. So we decide we don't need the, the Uber to come back because we know that this taxi service works. Around 11.45, 12 o'clock, I call the taxi service. Hey, want to schedule a ride? He goes, all right, that sounds good. I'm all the way booked out to 2.30. Beg your pardon? Okay, so whatever, fine. So try to get us sooner if you can. Like, I'll text you a confirmation. Great. Awesome. Sounds good. No confirmation comes. Uh-oh. Call again later. No answer. We're fucked. We're like straight out of this bar. Bad news. Uh, other bad news. We are the only people with another group of people. That's it. It's just us two. Um, the waitress is great, but she's not getting off until four. Um, 
so we're fucked. And so this party is there. Uh, it's somebody's 21st birthday. They have intentions of closing down the bar. But this guy comes over to us, and the waiter, the like waitress knew them, like one of them worked there. So <laughs> she went up to him, told him our situation. He comes over, he's sober. He goes, You've got two options. All right, cool, great. <laughs> what are they? Um, one, you can come over with us, drink some more, like hang out, like all that kind of stuff, or you're fucked. <laughs> it's like it sounds as though we're going to join you for a drink. <laughs> sounds as though we're hanging out. And these folks, like, mind you, like, they're all, like, around, like, that age. Like, they're probably, like, anywhere from, like, 20 to, like, 25. So mm-hmm. we're not dealing with, like, anybody who, like, we think is trying to be creepy or whatever. And <laughs> the one guy whose 21st birthday was, I promise you he doesn't have any recollection of any of this happening. I promise you he has no idea that this happened. Um, and I don't know if you're ever in a situation, like, we used I'm to work in housing. So much anxiety. <laughs> I know you are. You would have cried seven times. Um, so you know what I'm talking about because we worked in housing and we would occasionally drink, right? Because we're humans. And so I don't know what it is, but I have this ability to just go stone cold sober regardless of how much alcohol is in my system so I can problem solve and I can like be like present for people. And so (laughs) that happens. I'm taking rumple mint shots, bitch. I'm taking rumple mint shots for sport and I'm not feeling a goddamn thing. I'm like, okay, but like we still have to stay remain remain focused on the task at hand, which is getting to the fucking Hilton or Hampton Inn or whatever the fuck we're saying. And so we get there um, to the place where, or not there, we get to the point where the friend is like, all right, I can take you guys back. I think that they're like going to be fine now. Like they can like wait here for a little bit. I'll take you back. Sounds great. Awesome. We get in. He drives right, us there. 22 year old stranger. 20. <laughs> he's 20, which is why he's not drinking. And so right, 20 year old stranger who made $80 off of these three sad souls who literally were going to be stuck at a bar if it weren't for him. So kudos to that man. Um, fuck the city of Big Rapids and their taxi service awful um yeah that's all i have to say that's how i'm doing so 21 minutes that this might be a record for us like this is pretty rough this is pretty rough um (laughs) which is crazy because we also talked for like 10 15 minutes before we even started recording and here we are again i kind of forgot that happened to me on friday to be honest that's a lot yeah grand valley lost that hockey game nine to nothing Wow. But to, to be fair, it was a D1 NCAA team versus a D1 club hockey team. Like, where we were talking mm. like different scenarios. Like, Ferris just beat number 12 ranked uh, Western Michigan the other day. Like, it was, it was. That kind of sounds like a few of the games that um, we watched the, last year. Well, yes, but that the kid that our dear friend Morgan is, is it Billet? billet momming um for the season which means like kind of like an exchange program where you take I in for, a, i forgot she was doing that to be honest you take in a homeless <laughs> hockey player essentially um, his oh, name is christian man. i'm pretty sure um but she sometimes texts me during his games because they go to the home ones to you know show support and she's got five kids so they have you know, now they have this like brand new big brother that they can go and cheer for. Um, but he's had some pretty rough, rough games. I think one time it was like 11 to one or something like that. 
Um, but he's a bruiser. He likes to fight. So shout out I, to that. But also like two thumbs up to her for taking that responsibility on. And she's coaching now. She's coaching youth league hockey with none other than Rick Nash. That's insane to me. So Morgan's just doing all the things to grow the game of hockey in Globus. She We're is very proud of you. She is. Um, well, speaking of hockey in Columbus, we had some. We did. <laughs> it was the worst transition I've ever done in my life. Laura, last week we talked about what we referred to as a suck sandwich, which was a game that sucked. A in pretty... between two games that were great. No, other way around. Bread sucked. Oh, yes. Yeah. Game in the middle was pretty decent, right? Uh, yeah. So this, I think that on this episode, we're talking about a suck Sunday. Yes, two great games with a cherry of suck on top. Uh, yeah, correct. It, we'll get there to the to the cherry that was, but um, Laura, an interesting three games for the Jackets. As things stand, they're three, two, and one. Which I think that if you asked me, you know, before the season started, how do you want like to be above five hundred in points percentage like that? For seven games, I mean, like, we're not talking about anything, like, earth-shattering here, but, like, what we know, like, but they're going to be roughly around 500, regardless of what happens in the next game, after eight games in a season, which is a tenth of the season, essentially. It's not a terrible start. There are things to like, there are things to hate entirely about the start, but it's it's not... I think that we're kind of hanging out in this middle. If the season ended today, they would make a playoff spot. That's such a stupid thing to say right now. I don't mean it. But, you know, I mean, where other teams have really come out of the gate and either been on, like, this end of the spectrum where it's like, my God, this team is, like, overperforming versus, like, oh, my God, this team is, like, underperforming. The Jackets are definitely on the on the other side of the spectrum. They're definitely on the – this team is performing a little bit better than I think people expected. I think in part of that because of some solid performances by some and on the games they've lost, some not-so-solid performances by others. But, Laura, we start in Calgary. And by in Calgary, I mean in Columbus, where the Blue Jackets hosted the Calgary Flames. And, uh, I mean, they won. They but this, win. But, like, we have to, like, the leading story is just that this is the game where you lose Patrick Line for an undetermined amount of time to an upper body injury for um, a really fucking nasty hit from Rasmus Anderson that he appealed and was rejected um, gladly. He was never going to get, that was never going to get overturned in any way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah, also... His reasoning is like a 12-year-old. I mean, that was, like, I think the main reasoning. Like, everything that I heard and, like, listened to, like, I think that his whole situation of, like, I want to play in the um, Heritage Classic, play an outdoor hockey game. Like, okay, I want Patrick Lane to play a game, though. Like, so can we, like, worry about that first before we worry about whether or not you get to go play outside in the snow? Fuck off. I, oh, yeah. God, annoying as fuck. But... Yeah, so the Jackets lose to Patrick Laine in what was a stupid, senseless, miserable fucking hit by Anderson. Um, it was, to me, I think indicative of like a lot of the frustration that maybe isn't getting talked about in that Calgary room. Like That team is like not doing anywhere near the way that people thought they would. They got their ass beat by Detroit, I think, the following night, um, like 6-2, like, I think. So fuck those guys. But, um, but yeah, Laura, I mean, this one, the Jackets, they win 3-1. Uh, pretty dead even in a lot of the opportunities that 
were presented to both teams. The expected goals against were 2.98 for Calgary, 2.96 for Columbus. And so that tells you a little bit something about the goaltending that the Jackets were getting there on uh, that Friday night with Spencer Martin. And so, Laura, just talk to me. How do you think everything went? What were your thoughts? Anybody stand out? Obviously the 3-1 win, but losing line A is really the story of that game to me. Yeah, I mean that is that is the the high not the highlight, but like the the pointed like top bullet point of that of that game is losing line A. But um, this is also like a redemption game for Spencer Martin because, as we all know, he got we got shut out the game before against Detroit, and he was also in net because Elvis has been sick. Um, and Elvis was supposed to be in net for the Calgary game. But last minute decided that he wasn't feeling quite to his best yet. And so they made the switch and Spencer found out like a few hours before the game that he was actually starting. Um, and from a, that aspect, I think it's good. And I'm going to say a couple things about fans reactions to goaltending that I think are just insane. And it's not because of my love and devotion to Elvis. I just think it's absolutely nuts. But so it was a really good redemption situation for Spencer because obviously he wanted to do better than he did in, in front of Detroit comes back. Calgary's being, you know, assholes the whole time. And, you know, it was like you said, pretty even the whole game they started getting really rowdy towards the end because they were pissed off. And that's how we end up with this situation with Patrick Laine. And so I think that is good. But, but what cracks me up about this is like, he gets shut out and then he wins a game and everyone's like, Oh my God, he needs to be our first goaltender. He's the best goaltender that has ever lived. Oh yeah. my God. Well, I will say, I don't think you can blame him for like the team getting shut out against Detroit, though. I mean, he let in four goals, though. That part you can let out. Like, but like, hit, like, I wouldn't put the team not scoring any on him. No, I'm not. I'm talking about literally goals stopped and goals let in situations. Yeah, no, I just think it's funny that this is this is how this works. But when Elvis comes in and wins everyone's like it's a fluke or you know they're a little bit excited about it and then we have a situation like last night where it was literally inevitable because of what the other people on the ice did that we were going to lose it over time He's then the worst goalie in the history of time again. I will say though, like I, your Elvis bias is showing because I, I saw more Elvis support after a loss than I have seen in the last year on Twitter. Like I like, let's just name that. Like there has been more support from people who used to be vocal. Kyle is the prime example to me. Kyle, Mr. Elvis, you need to sell on him, all this kind of stuff. I know that there was there was noise of people who were negative, but the the noise from the people who were positive was more, in my opinion, than we've seen support for Elvis in the last probably year. I would say. I don't think I would go that far, but name name a time that the Blue Jackets the fifth line has been more supportive of Elvis. Name a time. 
since since last year. Name a time that the fifth line has rallied behind Elvis at all. Well, they haven't, but that's right. That's what I'm saying. But but they there were some fans coming to the defense of, of Elvis after that game. That so there was like a five percent increase of people who weren't it talking shit. It increase. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but it's an increase. <laughs> I think we have to celebrate a win there. Like I think we have to. I just think it's just the expectation versus reality situation where it's like, you can't just, I don't know. It just frustrates me. But again, that is probably my eldest bias. Not that I don't think Spencer Martin deserves praise or deserves to have redemption opportunities. I would prefer if he didn't need redemption opportunities, but like, you know, Give the same perspective. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think the the thing that's funny about all of this, and I think like as we transition to um, what I would say is, I mean, I think we're at a transition point to talk to about Minnesota. So obviously like Elvis gets the opportunity to get back in net against Minnesota, um, which is great because it's been <laughs> a while since he's been back out on the ice after being sick. And I, I think that the team came out playing exceptionally well in this game against Minnesota. I mean, I think it's like some of the best team, like it's one of those moments where you start to see something clicking uh, for the team. And I thought that that was exceptionally true in the first period. Uh, Obviously we're going to talk about the rest of the game, but the first period you you're, you know, you're up one, nothing at the end of it. And you've got to feel pretty good about the way you've played. I mean, you're not really allowing any real major opportunities. Justin Danforth scored his third and he's, I mean, he's been a lot of fun to watch this year. Cause I feel like he's kind of in a lot of ways, like picked back up where he left off where he, you know, last season, early in the season was on fire already now with three goals. Um, right. Cause he didn't score against Anaheim. So three goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean like nothing but, but good things to say about him so far this season, but, then the second period happened, and it is Blue Jackets lore, as you know, to to find a way to fuck this up, and and they did. <laughs> so um, it wasn't before though. It wasn't it wasn't before um, Kent Johnson scored his first of the season and got an assist from uh, Cole Sillinger there. But then like, okay, that goal happens with thirteen fifty left in the second, and then with twelve thirty nine left. Uh, the Wild score their first goal of the night, and then a whopping, I don't know, <laughs> less than a minute later. It was short, yeah. yeah it was like 50-some-odd uh, seconds. Yeah, then Matt Zuccarello scored his first of the year, and then it was 2-2 all of a sudden. Like, this game entirely changed pace really, really quickly. Like, really quickly. And, um, you know, that some of those goals were tough for Elvis. Like, I, it was a rough go, at least – that first goal was tough, but after that, I mean, even, even if you let up goals, like I was afraid because we've seen it two goals back to back like that. Like I was like, uh Oh, like this team in the past, when that's happened, the wheels fall off and it's not necessarily ever one person's fault, but it, the wheels fall off and mm-hmm. they did it. They did it. Um, they held in there for the rest of the second period. They get out of the second period and it's tied up. So you've got a whole new hockey game you know, zero, zero tie going into the third period. Now, um, of course the wild, the wild score first, the wild score, you, make it three two tie going into the third. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying like, it's a new hockey game. It's zero, oh, zero. Yes, like, okay, reset, sorry. Like, yeah. no, you're fine. Um, and so two, two and 
you just go ahead and and you start over. And unfortunately, the Wild score first, and you got a three two three two game. And I don't know. I like was like, oh, this is this is gonna be it. Like, because it's not long into the third period before they score. And I'm like, oh god, oh, fuck. At that point, I was like, this is gonna be bad. But then Boone Jenner, because who else? Because he's Boone Jenner. Because he's Boone motherfucking Jenner. I've always said that about Boone Jenner. Scored and made it 3-3. And then what happened, Laura? They scored again. Yeah, who they? Am I testing you on your game knowledge? I'm so sorry. Then, I thought you would have this. Like, I thought you would be so excited about this. Oh. Have it ready. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> I got confused. I thought we were talking about a different game. Or the sequence of a different game. Um, no. Uh, baby Adam Fantilli... It's his very first goal of his NHL career. He sure did, yeah. Mo Fantilli finds a way to get the Jackets on the board and gives the Jackets a 4-3 to three lead. And it's funny because this which is Which would somewhat... have been such a lovely way to end that game. Well, which is funny because, like, it happens twice, right? Like, it happened against the Ducks, too, which is comical, like, the way that this happened. But, yeah, so Adam Fantilli scores his first uh, high-danger shot, and he makes it happen. And, you know, at that point, the Jackets feeling good and uh just a few moments later that was a 519 remaining uh then fucking pat maroon i hate pat maroon no i'm sorry no yeah no maroon yeah. had an assist he had an assist um mm. johansson scored the goal um man four four fuck <laughs> that sucks that really sucks um because we go into your favorite time of the game which is Overtime. Yeah, Laura hates it, but good news. Good news, everybody. It didn't matter. The Blue Jackets, they found a way to do it. Uh, courtesy of Jack Roslovic, who has maybe been one of the Blue Jackets' best forwards so far this season. So you say. I, I'm right. <laughs> Um, he's looked good. Like he's looked good. And he obviously he scores that goal and he's streaky as all hell, but hopefully it's an opportunity for him to keep it going and the jackets win and the jackets win that game. They win two in a row. That feels like something foreign to us. Like we're not really all that accustomed to that, but we'll take it. Where I we don't can get think it. we won two in a row at all last year. I feel like we had to have on accident at some point. One, two, in a row. I don't think we did. I, I don't know. Either way, it just even if we did, it sure as fuck didn't feel like it because that year, last year was awful. Like it was just, and then it was just like actually we're just gonna stay down here. Um, but yeah, so you you think at least okay, okay, all right, they could get three. It was. It felt so close. They're playing Anaheim <laughs> at home, and it's a six thirty game originally. And <laughs> so you're thinking, okay, like that's three thirty back Pacific time. Like, are they going to be a little bit fucked up, like on time? Like, I don't know what their travel schedule looked like or whatever have you. But I was like, maybe like that's going to help, mm, because the transformer went boom, bitch. And um, <laughs> so the Jackets had to play at eight thirty, fucked up, frozen frenzy. Which is hilarious. I love that so much. Because we would be the team that would fuck up this like intricately planned 16 game. Everyone start. There's a game starting every 15 minutes. Such a good situation. idea. I love that idea. I, I mean, fun. it went pretty well, except for us fucking the whole timeline up. I mean, hey, I, okay. I, I love my blue jackets. 
I love them so much. I don't think very many people had Anaheim and Columbus 32 and 31 from last year on their board of must watch games. And so I feel like we didn't fuck it up as much as like, <laughs> well, I think more would have had it on their must watch. If Anaheim would have actually played Leo Carlson. Yeah, that sucks. I, <sighs> I think what they're doing with him is really weird. It's and not- I think he, if I was him, I would be upset about it. I don't know though, like because I think if you're if you're a world class athlete that is being reserved in a way that keeps you from injuring yourself, while also then still getting paid for every game that you're not playing, and also still burning a year off of your entry level contracts, so that way you're a year closer to free agency. I bet he's probably kind of into it. I don't think players that young think about it that way. I don't know. It's weird because I, the only reason I feel like I think about Adam and I think he would be pissed if they were holding him out of games. No, I agree with you. What it tells me to some extent is that the ducks feel more comfortable in their development practices than if he would have been back overseas immediately that like that's what that tells me or like i guess they could have played him in the ahl but like i don't i don't know like if that would have been even developmentally appropriate either so i don't know it's weird it's a it's weird it's weird as fuck like there's no denying that it's unprecedented but it also could be like the start of a new precedent which is like i don't know if that's great i don't like it that much um but i agree with you like i don't think that adam fantilli would take kindly to it but i also think that that's like I don't know, like maybe that's why Adam Fantilli is going to be looked at in five to ten years as being the player who should have gone second overall versus Leo Carlson. I stand by that. So, I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. The NBA does things to try to keep teams from doing things like that. I don't know if... I don't know. It's weird. But... I just also think it makes him more of a target, too, when they do play him. Could, yeah. No, I mean, like, I think all of these rookies are going to be kind of a target because I feel like they've all gotten talked about so much, especially Connor Bedard. Like if you watch a game, like Brad Marchand is doing everything he can to fuck with that kid right now. And it's kind of funny. I'm going to be honest with you. And so I just like, it's kind of funny mainly because Connor Bedard looks fucking miserable all the time. He really does. He really does. But so I don't know. It's, it's weird. We'll see what happens if that becomes a precedent in the future, but Anyway, this game starts at 8.30 instead of 6.30. And uh, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. That it was M- fucking boring? Mostly a really boring hockey game. Do you know what I'm scared of? What? I'm kind of afraid that Pascal Vincent hockey might be boring hockey. I don't think so. Because I thought I, the Minnesota game was fun. It was fun. But I think when it's played right, I think Pascal Vincent hockey is boring hockey because it reminds me a little bit about like how like the Hurricanes play, where it's like you try to like drive everything to the outside for your defense. Like you don't let anything in the middle. So therefore Elvis is getting tested. Like he's getting shots on goal, but they're all coming from the outside. They're low danger. You're not worried about anything getting in there. Like he had like an obscene save percentage from a certain like dangers like it's like a 98% save percentage from like low danger areas as compared to like a league average it's like significantly lower than that but it's because Mm -hmm. that's literally where the Blue Jackets are forcing all of their shots to come from I think defensively when this team plays its game it makes hockey really fucking boring and that's not a bad thing like because they'll win games like that but that's how it feels at least to me as I'm watching it 
So I think part of last night, so Tuesday night's game against Anaheim was ideally his plan. So yes, kind of a little bit boring and like more strategic than just like the fun, you know, outrageous stuff. But the other half of it, I don't think was how he wanted it to go because being one for seven on the power play is definitely not how that should have gone. No, that's not his vibe. That's not his vibe. Really. And like, I really feel like that is also like the scoring, like, yes, the defensive side of it, I think needs to be kind of boring and like have a lot of structure and have a lot of plans in place because we haven't had that. It's been kind of willy nilly for the last couple of years because our goaltenders need that. Our defensive people need that so that they know what the hell they're doing and what they're expected to do. But on the offensive side of things, especially on special teams, like that's supposed to be the exciting, like, you know, here we go. We're going to push, 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 like sort of a situation and there's no fucking reason why we should have only gotten one power play goal last night. No. Like, no. even without Patrick Line, there are plenty of people on that power play that can fucking shoot. Two times. And we weren't enough. getting none of that. We were getting a lot of, he shot it wide. Um, it hit the other person in the leg. Like, just no accuracy whatsoever. Well, what's crazy about it is I, I do think like 14 to 15 shots for the jackets in their total shot count, like came on the power play. Now, some of that is just by proxy of the fact when you have seven, I think there were 16 total shots I think so. on power plays. I think you're night. right. Yeah. And Which that's is like, incredible for them. Great. But they have to actually go towards the net. <laughs> no, that was shots on goal though. Like that was shots on goal. Like it was 16 on goal. It's like insane, but also like maybe not the most high danger shots either. Like, so that's the other piece of it. Like if you're firing, like Emil Bemstrom had the only Blue Jackets uh, power play goal on that game. Laura's favorite. And he, <laughs> he, um, you know, did exactly what it was advertised, but like later in the game, he had an opportunity like that and fired it right into the chest plate of um, Lucas Dostal. Um, Dostal? Dostal? I don't remember. I always fucked that up when I was on another podcast for the AHL because I always could never pronounce his name right. But he's, like, actually pretty decent. Like, I have to give credit where credit's due. Like, he's a really good – he was really good in the AHL. And so, um, you know, it was interesting to see him play last night. But I digress. So – yeah, you can't go one for seven. I'm sorry. You cannot go one for seven on this power play. And I wasn't going to say this until we finished recapping the entire game, but but there are players on this team that need to step the fuck up. Uh, and I don't think they're getting enough hate. Or not hate. I don't want anybody to get hate. Oh, God. Turn down. Turn down. Turn down, everybody, including Jeremy. Turn down. Um, I don't think more they're for... getting enough. No, they're getting overlooked. The... Yes. Oh, feedback. Yeah, yeah when, when they are they – are when we're looking at people who like could like, we could be upset about for how this team is performing in times. Like we're overlooking one person specifically that I have some concerns about. That is definitely getting scratched for the game tomorrow. No. Oh, who are you talking about? If you make over $9 million on this hockey team, Oh, I need you to There's do There's only more. one of those. Well, there are two, but only one of them is a forward. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot how much money Zach made. Yeah, it's insane. I need Johnny Gaudreau to show up. I need him to show up. He, and that's has not... seen, he has seemed off of his, like... 
it's not fair. I'm gonna to say him. I know circadian rhythm is for sleeping, but like I feel like Johnny Gaudreau is someone that has like a natural hockey rhythm, and that's why he's so good. And so he's felt like a little off balance. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't scored yet this season, right? No. He's gotten a couple of assists, but he hasn't scored yet, which I think is unusual, um, being as many games as we are into the season. But especially, I think, during the Anaheim game, he just seemed a little bit listless, like like he wasn't focused on the ice and missed some pretty like prime opportunities. But I I do agree with you on that. But and I'll talk about the person I was talking about in a second. But continue your thoughts on Johnny. Yeah, no, I mean, I just like I want I need more from him, right? I mean, like as of right now, he's got three points in six games. Again, six games. We're not talking about a full season here. It's fine to have a little bit of a slow slow down during a six game stretch, but like when you're on pace to have forty one points. That can't that can't be what like can't be. That can't mm. be. Especially when you look around, like again, you see players like Boone Jenner. He's got five points already. Um, Boone is not playing in any extraordinary circumstances that that Johnny's God, not. Yeah, no, he's been incredible. But Boone's not playing in any circumstances that that Johnny's not, right? Johnny's getting time on the power play, whether it's unit one or unit two. Boone is also. Um, now granted three of Boone's five points come from one game where he had a hat trick, but um, you know, that, that core group is just not moving. They're just not getting anything going. Ivan Provorov is tied on the team with five points. Like that's crazy. Um, Adam Fantilli has got four points already, right? Like Justin Danforth's got four points. I mean, list of players that have three points for the jackets right now are Zach Wierenski, Jack Rosovic, Jake Bean, Johnny Goudreau and Kromar Like what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just feels a little bit backwards to me. I, I need to see more out of him. He needs to be insane. Like he needs to be insane. Yeah. I'm hoping he can shake off whatever's happening or, you know, something, something's got to click. Correct. Um, Correct. And he, it's not like he doesn't have quality people that he's been placed on lines with, like even with line a out, like, he still has been on quality in quality line situations, so there's right. no reason why he shouldn't. But yeah, he's definitely got to figure his shit out a little bit. Um, but no, the person I was talking about, which has ruffled a bunch of people's feathers, um, who is almost certainly going to be scratched uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday night in Montreal, is Kent Johnson. Right. And I mean, people have their feathers ruffled about the fact that he didn't start on the opening game. And, but here's the thing, people, he's not playing very well. Like I need him to stop acting like a rag doll and stop getting like pushed off every single puck that he gets. Like he needs to be more offensive. Like, offensive in offensive situations like he's not always going to have someone that can like push aside everyone for him like he has to learn to do it himself and he's not so like I don't think it's a bad thing to sit him and give someone else an opportunity and let him watch it from above and take notes and 
you know, and that's been Pascal Vincent's kind of way of doing things Mm -hmm. since the season started is if someone's not performing up to standard, they're going to sit out and he's going to give somebody else an opportunity because we have so many people. I mean, we, we haven't even touched on it yet and I don't know if we will, but like Cleveland is sending people to Cincinnati because we keep sending people to Cleveland. Like, because there's just so many freaking people that we have on this team. So if Kent needs to sit out, then Kent's going to sit out, but it's because he's not playing well. And yes, I know he is extremely talented and I know I'm sure that he's going to be very talented in this league, but you can't tell him his shit doesn't stink when he's playing like garbage. Yeah. No, I think that's real. I, I you need to see more out of him. He's he's been rough. Um and it needs it needs to pick up fast because I don't know, like the kid has got potential, right? Like I just need he needs to find a way to be able to be put in the situations that are going to be most beneficial to him and and obviously like I don't know that, you know, playing two like or having two of the first seven games of the season be games that he has to sit for like I don't think that that's the ideal situation in like without context i think like you obviously don't want that to happen i think that there's in in like this it's informed what pascal vincent's doing but it's it's just concerning i think to some extent like it's hard to not look at that and be concerned but i also think that you know it's not like a lost cause by any means for god's sakes um i think that we're all just a little bit traumatized by the fact that we've had players such as literally liam foodie just the other day like who have been first over our first round draft picks that have just like not worked out for the blue jackets and i think that obviously he is going to be fine like he's going to work out for the blue jackets but like he's got to figure it out he's got to figure it out fast yeah i want to touch on liam foodie here in, in a second but yeah he just I mean, and there are a couple of different people like on the team right now that need to to figure it out. Like some of our brand new defensemen like are not doing like fantastically and they need to step up for the term that they plan to be a blue jacket. I just need a middle ground game from Ivan Provorov. Like I just need like because here's the piece about him. He's a fucking roller coaster like crazy. I mean, like, is he like obviously, like I said, he's got five points so far this season. He actually like has had moments where he's looked really good. Like, and even within games, he's very much up, down, up, down, up, down. And it almost feels like anytime you take a look at like the blue jackets losing a play on the blue line and an odd man rush going back the other way, it's like, who the fuck was that? Nine. Oh, great, awesome. Like that's what it feels like. I don't know if that's literally what happens or if I'm like gonna just own this bias. No. Like, I don't want I like I'm not a huge fan, right? Like of a lot of things outside of the hockey and so like i'm wondering like is that informing it a little bit maybe it is but like it's hard for me not to notice it i think that too and again i don't obviously people can say we're biased based on our other things but like even the game i'm not gonna remember who it was that we they that they had the um two empty net goals at the end i think it was philadelphia i think it was our first game yeah like he was the person on the ice when those breakaways towards the empty net happened and he just gave up, like he just did not try to stop them in the slightest, like, right. And that's his role. Like that's what you're supposed to do. And he just didn't. And so like, and I I think that that is part of what Pascal Vincent's trying to figure out too. So obviously there's going to be, 
some growing pains and and whatnot. But if we have to have these situations every week where he makes them go back to basics in a practice, depending on what their schedule is, you obviously don't want to do that to them the day before or the day of a game. You don't want to make them do camp drills because it kills them physically. Um, But like if there's weeks like next week in particular, like they're, I think they're here in Columbus for like, three full days. So like if they fuck some things up over these next couple of games and he wants to do another drill practice, he has that opportunity. So if bringing them back to basics is what gets them to like refocus and like pick up what he's laying down, I'm all for it. But there are just, and the other issue is like a lot of these guys are they're veteran or like multi-year in the league people where you're like why why is this not working like think about the fact that Adam Boquist hasn't played in the last three games I think so and Adam Boquist is not new to the NHL um so yeah and it but that's what I like about Pascal Vincent is he's not afraid to with veterans, he's not afraid to be like, you're not up to snuff. Like, I'm not just going to give you a place on the team and on the ice just because you're a veteran. So, but yes. So all you people freaking out about Ken Johnson, cool it. I, it's been weird to like, this was the, but kind of going back to the Anaheim game, like it was a weird game to watch because you had 23 minutes roughly of 21 20 21 to 23 minutes of special teams time so it's almost a whole period so like a lot of people have also been reading into like the number of minutes that certain guys have been getting like david Georgia. and it's like guys like he's not on the power play he's not on the penalty kill if you take away 20 minutes out of the game like he would have been around 12 minutes right like if you do the math like he was around eight minutes and so if you lost well, yeah, the period cause, like because who was it last there was someone last year that people were like He's not getting any play, playing time. And it's like he's not on the power play or the penalty kill. So, like, if we have games that are heavy in that situation, right. they're not going to be on the ice. And they're not. They're also not going to throw that person out into those situations because nine times out of ten, they don't practice special teams if they're not planning to put them on a special team. So like, right. you can't just throw David Yurchek out there to be on the power player, the penalty kill. If he hasn't practiced it, he's not going to know what to do. So. And also like, maybe he, like he doesn't need to be in those situations right now. Like, I think that's, that's okay. Like, I don't think that that is. Like, I think he will. I think he will eventually. Agreed. But like, this is the, you know, aside from the few games that he played last season, I mean, this is the most NHL minutes he's been getting and he still has a lot of adjusting to do to NHL level play. So again, calm down for the sake of God, please calm down, (laughs) please calm down. Um, So Adam Fantilli gets another goal though. Uh, He's got two in a row, two and two games, Uh, a game, a goal that could have been a game winner again, that gets swiped out by an Anaheim goal. And then obviously Anaheim ends up winning the game, but yeah, and what's interesting too is like uh, Trevor Zegers talked about bench ice time, like he was benched, which was fascinating. Um, 
I don't know if you yeah. heard this on the the broadcast last night, but Jody kept mentioning the fact that Zegris was, was the doorman closing the door. I was like, Jody, aren't you like right next to him? Are you talking to like, Jody? He can hear you. <laughs> doing it on purpose. He can hear you calling him basically a bench bitch. Like, so. <laughs> and that's coming from Jody Shelley, right? Like, I mean, like, I would also be scared. I wouldn't really uh, react to that. But Jody, like, knows his role. He's like, I, I will continue to be the enforcer. <laughs> He's like, I will gladly do that. I will gladly fill that role. <laughs> but anyway, that was a weird hockey game. Obviously, like I said, like, players who are not up to snuff, players who are not doing what we need them to do, going one for seven on the power play is just not acceptable with the talent that's on this team, even with the injury to Patrick Line. It makes you wonder if they need to change something up more dramatically, especially when you're going up against a team like the Ducks. I'm sorry, but that team should not be stopping you six out of seven times on the power play. They just shouldn't. You you needed at least another one. I'm not saying you needed to score three, four, or whatever have you, but you needed another one. You should have gotten another one for sure. Yeah. And so Elvis looked really good in that game. I honestly, like, I, I thought that some of the goals that he gave up in Minnesota, like, were a little touch and go. Um, I was a little worried that he was going to start losing his cool um, against Anaheim. He didn't, thankfully, but he, well, he kind of did well, lose his cool, but it didn't he, affect his play. He took a penalty. <laughs> yeah, he um, definitely slashed the fuck out of Mason McTavish's leg, um, which is like, okay, whatever, I guess. Which I don't blame him because McTavish was fucking all over him. Yeah, every he, minute that they were down in our ends. I don't disagree, but like let leave that to somebody else to handle McTavish. Like he can't be the one that does it. I was so worried when I saw that that it was about to be all hell. Oh yeah. I was definitely afraid that he was gonna like break his stick or just start going crazy and like getting out of the net really far. Like he Lose has the done in the past. But you know, he he reined it in. <laughs> Adam yeah. served the penalty for him. So Adam Adam got his own penalty last night, but then he also sat for um, Elvis's as well. We love it. We love a penalty minute. We sure do. But and Adam, that last night was Adam's first multi-point game. So yeah. All the first for our little baby. I love that you call him a little baby. This is a grown man. <laughs> He's a whole man. He's a whole, He's a whole man. 19 year old. So like technically hey. still a child. And he has his life way more together than I do. So I can't really say much, but, um, but no. So I, do you have anything else out of the Anaheim game specifically? Like, I don't know that I have anything else out of that game, but generally if you look at these three games, I think you're like your, your three game point streak. Like when's the last time, like I can say with certainty, when's the last time that we got on this pot? Well, actually I feel like they did have some point streaks last year, courtesy of like overtime points like after losing. So I might not be correct in saying this, but it feels like the first time since we've had our podcast that we've gotten onto a show and we've talked after three straight points, three straight games. With not points. the first time since we've had the it podcast. It feels like it. It feels like I know it. that it feels like it, but that's not true. It feels like it so much. Yeah. No, you're being dramatic, but it is at least the first time in the last they might have done months probably it wouldn't surprise me if they won a game at some point last year and then like it was like sandwiched in between two overtime losses like that wouldn't surprise me so we we probably have had it happen recently but gosh it just feels weird to talk about this team when when they're winning and i think it is nice to be able to like actually like talk about this team in a way that we can be a little bit critical after a win too like i think that like i i'm proud of us for not being super homers where we can like actually like talk about (laughs) some of the well no i don't i mean if that's how you want to be a fan like go for it i'm never going to tell you like how not to fan sure but i think for us and for the reasons why we love hockey i think it's good that we can 
be critical in both moments, but also like internally and a little bit externally, just be like happy that there is like visible improvement in some areas. Like we're far from perfect, but there are like glimmers of hope and it's still very early and, you know, but it's good that just to see that in this, what first six games. So totally agree. I totally agree. And it makes for more fun conversation if we can actually delve into I know, isn't it the so real aspects of the game. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, folks, the Blue Jackets have got some games coming up. They've got a game in Montreal. The Canadiens. Which, poor David Savard. Oh, man. Did you see that shift, though? Yes. I love that man. <laughs> I, miss him I so love much. him too, but six to eight weeks with a fractured hand is so rough. I'm so I'm glad that's all that happened to him on that shift. Yeah, that's true. It could have been a lot worse. That's fucking insane. But they'll play they'll play the Canadians. Kudos to him for getting the love that he deserves up there, though. You can tell they really like him there. But that game will be interesting. Like you said, Ken Johnson will more than likely be out in that one. Uh, Dmitry Vronkov will likely make his NHL debut in that game, which I, I think I we're know rushing you, him. We're rushing him. We're I rushing know. him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think if he doesn't do well, like I think they may, pl- they'll play him tomorrow and they'll probably play him Saturday. And if he doesn't do well in those two games, they're going to send him back to Cleveland and he's not going to go to Dallas with the team. Like, because Pascal Vincent said that the reason why they're giving him a chance is because they just want to see him play. Like, yeah, they, they didn't say anything about like he's like fully replacing someone because he's not. And like, like we've seen with what we'll, ta- you know, what we'll talk about here in a second is like he's not afraid to like return humans. So, like, I think they're going to give him, like, I say they'll probably give him an away and a home, see how he does. And if he's not performing, then they're going to send him back to Cleveland and to let him get more time and minutes up there. But it's I think it's good to let him try. I do, too. I'm not, like, mad about it. I'm definitely going to, like, be excited to watch it. I think I'm going to be interested to see how he does. I think that him being on that fourth line is a mistake. I think that the other guys are too quick for him, but that's neither here nor there. But I – yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I almost, like – if you get into the situation again with injuries and you're not just doing it to see how he does, I would almost be more tempted to just keep calling up Eric Robinson and sending him back down until somebody claims his ass, frankly. Like, frankly, like, I don't know, like, maybe I'm being dramatic, but, like, I would almost do it that way. But You know what's really sad is I you forgot, forgot about him. that he was even an, op- an option to pull back up. Yeah, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome I back. now feel really sad for our Twitter friend, Robinson's Renegades. They've been through it before, though. They, they'll be okay. Yeah, because they were a Josh Anderson account before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean... I forget what they were called. I forget what it's called. That's what I've been trying to think of too. Um, Anderson's artillery. I was going to say army, but I don't know if that's right either. They'll tell us if they listen. Um, Yeah. Let us know. This is a test. This is a test. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, I'm excited for him to make his, they did say he will play tomorrow. So, or Thursday. Um, But yeah, 
some interesting, some interesting teams. I will be at the game on Saturday. So very excited about that. You know, oh. I love Anders Lee, but I will not cheer for him. Just secretly in I'm my proud. fantasy league. I'm proud of you. How did you do Which, in fantasy this week? I didn't pay any attention to other teams except for my last own. week. Your cousin blew me out of the water and oh, I was sad about it. Damn. And this week I'm playing your other cousin and she hasn't been setting her roster. I don't think so. Well, that um, wouldn't have mattered yesterday because every fucking team played. No, but I did really well yesterday. Did you? My app kept going off of like people on my team scoring goals, including Cameron. I was very proud even though they definitely lost that game against Vegas. So yeah, 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 they sure did. They sure did. Yeah. You did do really well. Jesus. 46 points yesterday. That's insane. Oh, Jeremy Swayman had a, had a shout out. That helped a lot. Aren't you proud? Look I, what I did there. And aren't you so glad? I mean, I still would have gotten good points with Elvis. I would have gotten, gotten four versus 11.75. I'm I'm proud of you. You did the right thing. I am proud though. My hockey BFF is out for one to two weeks. Mm, I'm sorry, Mr. Connor McDavid. Which does suck for your team, but obviously it doesn't seem like you needed him all that much yesterday. Um, Leon Dreisaitl's been doing pretty well for me. I'm pretty. This is your. Is this your bye week? No, I'm playing this week. I'm playing Stephen. Oh, I didn't thought. I didn't think I saw you in the. Who are you playing, Stephen? I actually think. It might be Kyle's bye week, which is funny. But yeah, Steven is who I'm playing. And I made a mistake yesterday because I didn't play Tage Thompson. He had two goals and an assist. I'm very surprised you didn't play Tage Thompson. He hasn't started great. Like, so it was like between like some of my players who well, I do have. because they haven't played us in the regular season yet. Oh, what a good point. I did kind of forget that he was a terrorist for that. But anyhow. Five, didn't he get five goals? Four or five. I can't remember which, but it was insane. I think it's five. <laughs> Yeah, it was fucking nuts. Um, I'm trying to think of what else on my radar, hockey radar. So Liam Foodie, we should talk yes. about him. I have a question about how you feel or if I should be right in feeling weird about this. So as everyone knows, Liam Foodie was put on waivers with the intent of going to Cleveland. Right. And then at kind of like the last minute gets picked up by Nashville. And yeah. so... Now, you know, this, this, our first round draft, like one of our first round draft picks, like someone that has been a part of the organization for quite some time now, yeah. leaves. Sure. And they didn't really say anything about it. The Is PR- it because he got picked up on waivers? Um, yeah. like they didn't do a thank you post. No, they didn't. It was, I mean, like, I saw, I think the PR Twitter, like, said. That yeah, but all it said is. Had been claimed by the National yes. Um, Yeah, maybe it is a little weird. I, yeah, I would say it's weird. I think that's valid. I just thought it was kind of sad. And I don't really understand. I thought maybe it had something to do with him being picked up on waivers, but, like, the, they said they put him on waivers with the intent to send him to Cleveland, which would mean to not leave the organization. Well, and I mean, that's always, I mean, that's always, it's always the that. risk, yeah. but like we do like farewell things for people like that have only played half a season. Like they did something for Jonathan quick. I was going to say, I was going to say that's like the prime example there. Like, 
And like, I feel bad if anyone that we work with from the team is listening right now and like, whatever. But like, I just, I, I don't know. It felt weird that we didn't say anything about it. I mean, he is definitely a polarizing figure. I think it would be ignorant to say that he's not, but I also would say that like, we all know that. And yet we still think that there probably should have been something. Yeah. At least like a thank you or whatever. Like best of luck in Nashville sort of scenario. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. That's wild. It's a really good point. I, I was really... like waiting. I was like waiting all day that day to see if they were going to put something up. Um, and then I finally just gave in and like retweeted either the thing from the PR or something from Aaron Portsline for our post and thanked him for his time in Columbus. Not that it matters to him that we thank him, but you know, just to put that out in the universe. Oh, this is funny. Somebody, I, I just looked up like the blue jackets at, and then the word foodie just to see if like, maybe we missed it or anything like that. And we haven't, but it's funny because somebody said call up foodie two days ago and uh, <laughs> bad news, buddy. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I didn't really... see anybody else say anything about it online, but that's just been like bugging me. Yeah. It's weird. The top tweet is first career goal for Foodie on on February 18th of this oh. year. That's crazy. Because um, then he had been in the league for so long before that. Yeah, that is still insane. But okay, Laura, Liam Foodie's gone. Um, Elliot Friedman pretty loudly, I don't know if you got a chance to read it yet, but pretty loudly said in his 30 thoughts, because he didn't do 32 this time, he just did 30 entries in his blog, which I think is which very valid. Which two teams did he leave out? So it doesn't like, I don't, they don't do it that, like it's not about each team, like it's just like uh, here are 32 thoughts, because like haha, I guess, like I don't know, but usually it's funny, because like usually some of them are like all related to the same thing, like there'll be like four that are like, the Columbus Blue Jackets put Liam Foodie on waivers this and the other thing. And then the next one will be like, it'll be interesting to see how he responds to being claimed by Nashville. Like it'll, it like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the same thing, but like he just breaks it up, but mm -hmm. they did like name Andrew peak as a player. That the blue Jackets are actually trying to get rid of. I've had that feeling, um, but it wasn't like dramatic. I mean, like I can read it to you verbatim, but it was essentially just all to say that like, these are players that, you know, caps are tight and all that kind of stuff around the league. But like, these are players that the, these teams are trying to, or like would like to get off of their books. And it was a list of players and food and uh, not foodie. Damn. Peaker was one of them. Well, and like, he's also one of those people where like, I know that the return isn't probably going to be great, but like, I also don't want to lose him for nothing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I would like for us to get something in return for him because it's not like he's terrible like he's definitely had right. his like shiny moments and he has for a defenseman he has an incredible capability for staying healthy for very long periods of time so like you know that can definitely be a big use for another team it's just we're in this scenario where we just have too many freaking people yeah. and their like trade worthiness varies in such great you know, terms, depending on who you're talking about. But, you know, I felt that he would be the one that Yarmo was most shopping around. Um, yeah, so this is, is item number five, and it says, 
Um, cap is tight. Rosters are short, and organizations like to see what they have. That said, players who teams would like to move or players would like it, Joel Armia, um, Montreal, Connor Garland, which also I was saying Granlin the entire time last episode. Fuck me, I guess. Garland. Connor Garland from Vancouver, Kevin LeBlanc from san jose anthony mantha from washington and andrew peak in columbus so those were the those were the players that were listed um i'm just saying that there's been talks with again garland and the blue jackets so maybe that's what that maybe that is a natural fit but we'll see um also in that article they talked about how the nhl voted to decentralize its nhl draft and what that means essentially is like what a lot of other leagues have done over the course of the last few years or have done for a while is that having the teams and their executives be remote, like not be in the the actual location of the draft, but instead uh, just be, you know, elsewhere. And then the draft would be at a centralized location still, but it would just be like a hosted like event where the teams would make their picks either. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the COVID year to an extent that, and maybe not the COVID year, because 2020 was like pretty, like just hundred percent virtual, but in the year that it was the year that CNN was at, not CNN ESPN was at, at nationwide at nationwide. Um, that, honestly, though, pretty dope. I, if they if they could move the draft party back into nationwide, and if the front that office was a make, lot of fun, if oh, they could know what what you just think of, I just remembered what that draft was. No, not that. Oh yeah, it was. It was the next day. Damn. It's also when I met him for the second time. Cameron. Cameron. No, okay, there it is. Okay. Um, you have brought him up twice on this episode. Uh, but, yeah, so that'll be interesting. If they, if they can move the draft party back into Nationwide Arena, I, first of all, would love that. And second of all, it would be dope if they could continue to do something like that where they... I know some people I, are bummed by it, but like it's fine. It doesn't matter. I did much. like it. And I really liked watching the rest of the picks like on the Jumbotron. Yeah. And like it was fun. And it felt more like not that pins hasn't been great, but like pins the last two years has felt very like for me, like claustrophobic. And like I just think you can get so much more people like in nationwide for the draft. Like you can do so many more things. Um, you know, and I just think it would be a lot. Fun. Now, my question is: Would the players all go to the centralized location, or would they just all be at home? Yeah, centralized location. Okay. Yeah, they would still do it like that, and and what they do at like other places now is like, I think that in a lot of ways, like because it was a centralized draft, like they had to do it in the arenas because in a lot of ways, right, like putting thirty teams on a floor, like thirty-two, like the best place to do that is some like the best most secure place to do that is at like an arena. Right. But now that they're doing that, I mean like the NFL does them outside. Uh, I think that the NFL is doing it at the Fox theater and like the surrounding areas in Detroit when they do it in the, uh, this April or no, like next April of 2024, I think it's in Detroit. And so like, that's where they're doing it. So like, I think it allows you to like, if you're the NHL, like I know that I don't know if the draft city has been announced throughout next year yet. Has it? Yeah, it has. It's... I think so. I forget where it is, though. It feels, is it in Canada? No, the All-Star Game's in Canada. I'm, where the fuck? It doesn't matter. In New York? No, why did I think it was maybe, like, it felt like it was somewhere warm. I'll look it up while we're talking about it. But 
it gives you the opportunity to do it at more like venues that are not just arenas. Like you could do it at like a a big theater. You could do it at the Hollywood Bowl in LA. Like you know what I mean? Like you could do some stuff that's pretty fun. Like I mean, because it would still have to be like a decently sized location because obviously a lot of the drafties vegas. vegas oh my god could you imagine doing it on the strip like that that's gonna be like oh that's right it is in vegas um i was getting i was like it was just in vegas but that was the all-star game um it's still gonna have to be in like a decently sized place because most draftees like have posses with them of at least like their parents and whatnot right. um but It'll be interesting, yeah, because they won't get to get like that first thirty-two. Won't get to get like the picture. I guess they'll they'll get a picture with Gary Bettman, but like they won't get to get a picture with like their team people. Right. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a little different. Um, but I I will not be upset so long as it ends up being the situation where the teams will draft from a place where their fans can be there too. Like that'll be cool. So I hope that that's what happens. Yeah. And they said that they're not sure that it's going to actually get done for the 2024 draft. Like the 2024 draft might have to happen the way that we've done it sure, all the time, because there's so many logistics and stuff that need to get figured out um, for this kind. But I do think it would be fun if the 2024 draft is going to be the last draft like that. Yeah. That we should go. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We should do it. I'd be down. Vegas, though, it'll be a journey. We're going to sweat, bitch. I have a cousin that lives out there. We can stay with her. Great, but we're sweating. Oh, yeah. In June? We're fucked. But I'm down. (laughs) But I am down. Laura, is there anything else on your hockey heart? Yes. And we, we haven't said anything about this, and I don't we haven't even talked about it. Um, but yesterday it was made official that the NHL has decided to turn tail on their yes, universal yeah. ban oh on Why basically pride tape. It was a ban on pride tape because let's be honest, no one's out here outwardly hating cancer survivors and no one's out here outwardly hating the military or first responders or whatever. Like, it was a ban on pride tape. They just put it under a big umbrella because they didn't want to seem even more like giant homophobes. But yesterday they, due to some intense conversations between the players association, general managers, players, all this sort of stuff, they have decided and that they have decided that teams and players are now allowed to represent whatever social causes they choose via the form of tape on their sticks, both during practices, warmups and games. Yeah. Yeah. I love so. it. I, um, it's just been like, it's fascinating because I, it was always going to happen, right? Like it's, it was asinine for them to even think that they could control that. And even at that, like they wouldn't look like the world's biggest pricks once the first player decided to defect. And I think that incorrectly so, as we know now, they assumed that there were going to be no, there were going to be no people who were, you know, 
gonna fight going against to, it. Yeah, we're going to stand out because like that's not hockey. That's not what hockey players do. Hockey players don't go against the the grain. Hockey players don't make noise. Hockey players play hockey and then they're happy with that and then they walk away. And that just isn't true. Like at this point anymore. Like that's not what this generation of hockey players does. That's not what this generation does in general. Like Gen Z is not going to be quiet about it. And you know what? It didn't take a big name player to be the one to step out and get noticed. Which is, again, it's something that I talked to Curtis Gabriel about. That's so risky, right? Like, if you're not a player who is like Travis Dermott, kudos to him, right? Like, he he has had success in the NHL, like, to some extent. But he's gone back and forth a little bit. He was injured last year, trying to reestablish himself in the league this year. Those are the guys that usually don't make a lot of noise because they don't want to give a team any other reason other than their play to make a choice on them as a player. So good on him for, for doing it and good on Arizona for being supportive. Yeah. Or Arizona stood behind him 100%. Um, his coach even came out and said, I fully support Travis doing this. Um, you know, we, he didn't have to say anything to me before because he, he didn't, he didn't tell anybody. He just went out into the game with, the tape on his stick, which is something he's done for years now because he has always felt very strongly about representing that community because, and he said in an interview, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. I have shed some tears over this situation because it affects people who are very close to me. So, you know, like most people, he has a family member or a friend or whomever that is in the LGBTQI plus community and, you know, I, and of course there was going to be all this backlash about them, you know, overturning this, this situation and, you know, everyone being like, well, can Christians put crosses on their, um, players have always put crosses or Bible verses on their sticks. If they wanted to, people just haven't said anything about it. Like there are tons of players that do that i wouldn't be surprised i think nick blankenberg does that and stuff on his stick i'm pretty sure um nathan gerby did similar situations like they've always been allowed to do that it's just again we've said it before and before it's only because it's about gay and trans and people who are quote unquote different like that's the only reason you're throwing a fit about it and the fact that they were willing to take away the player's right to choose because of seven assholes who wanted to make a big deal about it is ridiculous. So, you know, they originally banned it because of that, that marginalized community, but you know what, that marginalized community got it back because the players should have the right to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I am glad to see the NHL reverse their incredibly short-sighted and idiotic approach to how they were going to handle this in a way to try to make it less of a distraction. And I, again, just commend Travis for, for speaking out and doing something about it. Right. Like again, too often people just don't do anything about it because they expect somebody else is going to be the person that did it. And ultimately you can't do it that way. Like if you're going to be a bystander in a social justice movement, like you're going to get left behind and, and Travis didn't feel like he could do that. And I think there are a lot of people who probably feel the same way, who maybe didn't feel empowered to do it in the same way that he did. And that's okay. Like I know that there are a lot of players in this league. A lot of players in this league have made comments about their disagreement with, with it. And 
I think we would have gotten to probably around when teams were doing their Pride Nights. I think that you would have seen team players doing it anyway back at that point. But now it's a non-issue because that's not going to have to be the story. The story is going to be how can we celebrate LGBTQIA plus folks, black folks, um, you know, disabled folks, uh, you know, anybody who's going to be able to like celebrate like the hockey isn't for everybody. And that's going to be the focus of those nights. It's not going to be the the oh well which player wore did pride tape which player put pride tape on their twig like how are we gonna how are we gonna see how people react to that like it can just be about the game at this point and the causes that are associated with it exactly and yeah you can't use the term hockey is for everyone and literally cut out such huge portions of your fan base um but so I'm very happy that that has happened and obviously we'll see how things go over the rest of the season. But if you want something super uplifting, I highly suggest that you go and look because Seattle just released all of their specialty jerseys for this season. Not only are they heartfelt and very unique and specific to Seattle and the things that um, exist in that area, they are beautiful. They do such a good job always. Like their specialty jerseys are so beautiful. Like the one that they're doing for their green energy night is gorgeous. And they were all done by like independent artists that are from the Seattle community or from the community that they're trying to represent. Um, And so if you just want something uplifting, and there's a little like story with each, um, jersey that they've created and why they felt it was important to represent that group or that cause or whatever so if you want something uplifting definitely check out seattle's uh social media for those specialty jerseys because they if anyone's doing it right it's seattle so yeah no it's really good i the green energy is really good i also really like the women in hockey jersey like the fish yes i think that one's so cool uh, it's really cool. I mean, I'm excited for it. I, I can't wait to see how they incorporate that into some of their marketing and things like that that they're doing around those times. And so it'll be good. It'll be good. So kudos to Seattle. Kudos to, again to Travis Dermott. And kudos to the folks who have been vocal about supporting LGBTQIA plus folks within hockey and, and outside of hockey. And also to the folks who are allies within that space. We appreciate you very much. Um, we like to think of ourselves as people who can serve as voices within that community and then serve as allies in that community and things of that nature. And so we just, we're very grateful for, for the support from the people who have been vocal and who have made a difference here and also fuck the NHL. Absolutely. Anyway. All right, Laura. Well, we're obviously going to remain vocal and we've got, I mean, we turned 200 200 next week. So we're going to have, we're going to have a really good episode. No doubt in my mind, still working out some things there. And we are actually doing things. I know, I know. Shocking. I know like that. No. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Um, I have been unmedicated for a week, so that will do it for me, but. And he knows that I'm not going to give up on this situation. So I would never want you to, I, I want us to do something fun for 200. So it'll be good. It'll be good no matter what happens, but. The best way to know what's going to happen, and also maybe for some like other things, maybe we'll feel generous and do some giveaways, whatever have you. Uh, The best way to keep up with all of that stuff is by following us on our socials. And Laura is going to give you the rundown on where you can do that and how you can do that and what you get for doing that. And what you get for doing that is just making us happy. So don't get too excited. But Laura, go right ahead. 
Yes, to follow our writing endeavors for InsideTheRing.com, you can follow our personal um, Twitter accounts. You can follow Jeremy at ITRJeremy, and you can follow me at ITRLaura. You can also follow the show on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. We are on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively, subjectively Speaking. Uh, we also have a wonderful website that has all the links to all of these things as well as some fun information about us if you're new to the show, and that is subjectivelyspeaking.com. And if you would like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, uh, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Uh, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And leave a comment too. We haven't gotten a comment in like a year and I would love to see a new comment on there. So if you haven't commented yet and feel nice or want to do a good deed, comments um, on our podcast page, uh, we would love it. But as per usual, we don't know how the algorithms work. Uh, we just know that all of your likes and subscriptions and stars and comments and things um, help to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts and help to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. And yeah, other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. And I ended it with the right inflection this time. Yeah, you did good. I knew I knew that it was my turn to talk. It was really well done. That was really well done. Also, I'm like, I'm calling your bluff because like, you're like, give us comments. If we get a comment that's like, fuck you both, you're going to be devastated. <laughs> I will. And I'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. But as long as you give us five stars and say it, I, I can yeah. find a way to get over it, to be honest. But I'm still mad right. about the person who gave us a four. We still don't know who that is. I still don't know who that is. It still says five stars on Apple Podcasts, though. So if you it scroll does, down, but it it's just... just that little pinpoint on the chart where the four is. I like to round up. Just really gets me. That's okay. I understand. But all right, y'all. Well, until next time, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and remember that hockey is for everyone. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.